South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. the name of the show Marcus <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we have um, <laughs> sorry a, a the fun game. show right yeah yeah we're just uh, we're, we're just having some conversations on some stuff that's going on locally some stuff that's going on nationally and we're hoping that you can join in at 508-996-0500 or if you want to call in on the WB I mean or if you want to message us on the WBSM app chat we can read your app chat messages uh, as well so so, Chris, Marcus. Uh, so, one of the things that I think the ongoing saga, and I think we're going to get more, we're going to get more information on this uh, probably next week when we get Councilor Carney in, is the walkout. Yes, the walkout. So, if for people who might not know, uh, City Councilor at Large Shane Burgo and Ward Six City Council Ryan Pereira decided to walk out of a New Bedford City Council meeting. Because they they felt that there were too few councils councilors to consider the items on the agenda. Yes, and to Councilor Burgos' credit, he came and sat here with us and explained his position and took calls. He came here for an hour. He took calls. Yeah, I think he. Um, yeah, exactly. He explained his position. So I think it was. He answered our questions. I mean, look, I, I was really impressed with Councilor Burgo. Um, his his ability to come in, sit down, explain his position, take phone calls, and again, folks. As you can tell, if you call the radio show at 508-996-0500, Marcus and I don't have a screener. Yeah. We have a dump button. That's what we have. <laughs> we, can, we can dump what you say, but it's, you know, in other words, we don't set up the calls or anything like that. So Burgo had no idea what he was going to be facing. Right. Exactly. So, and I think he handled it, uh, I think he handled it pretty well. And like I said, we, we kind of went in with a different set of questions that we thought we were going to have. Right. Um, because... Uh, than we ended up having because he was very upfront about the reasons he he let, went out. Like I already knew that he liked the school committee appointment, right? right? I already knew that, and so when he said it, I was like, "Oh, okay." I was gonna like, "How do I get this out of him?" I didn't have to. <laughs> he was not deceptive at all. Or no, if he, he was. He was so good at it, we couldn't. We, you and I, couldn't detect it. So, yeah. And so you know, so I, but that's, I don't think that's the case. I think he was just very honest. He said, "Guys, look, this is no. my position." Yeah, um, I look. I don't. I don't happen to agree with him that there ought to be a super quorum. I don't have to agree with that position. But he was honest about it. He said, "I think there were too few counselors. There were enough to consider it. There weren't enough once he left. But you know, I don't go along. I don't agree with his position. But that's his position. Yeah. To say, look, I think there should have been more 
Collins was then a quorum. I kind of agree. I, it depends. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear what uh, Councilor Carney has to say because this was yeah. a committee on appointments and briefings. It was uh, chaired by her. And he, along with uh, Mayor Mitchell, in fact, he came on the show the next day and, right. and said to me uh, that um, the meeting went as far to say as the meeting was a charade. Yes. He said that they did the right thing because this charade should not, con- you know, instead of letting the charade continue, he specifically accused Councilor Carney of sitting on these nominations uh, for months, specifically the licensing board, specifically the Book Tech School Committee. Uh, there are other appointments. The Board of Health uh, is another one, um, which I think uh, is interesting. I did talk to Naomi a couple, and I do do want to clarify a few things because she's, she's sure. going she's gonna to come on, but... I just want to clarify because she's not here now uh, that I talked to her the other I talked to her the other day. She said, you know, basically the stuff that Shane was saying wasn't true. She said she has she schedules appointments and briefings every month, third Tuesday of the month. Uh, She schedules committee meetings when chairmanships are handed out. So she's always once once she's assigned to a chairmanship, uh, in this case, appointments and briefings, she just makes the schedule. Um, and then she said uh, the city council usually conduct business first two weeks in December. And then she said she hadn't received notice, the, those uh, those letters to uh, of Brian and Ian, she hadn't received them until just before the meeting that they weren't going to be in for the uh, for the meeting. So those were her defenses. That doesn't necessarily mean she's not sitting on the appointments. Right. Because some of them have been in there for a while. So she sets the agenda, which is a chairman's prerogative. Um, it's one of the few privileges of a chairman. That's the entire power of a right. chairmanship is right. that you set the agenda. You right. decide what comes in and out. Remember when we talked to Hugh Dunn and he had told uh, the he had told Mitchell's administration that he was going to put nothing in front of his committee until they got the Mike Cassidy thing done. Exactly. Yeah. So the power of the chairman is quite frankly neutral. Yeah. It depends how they use it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It. It. it so. So that's what Mitchell was saying. That's what Burgo was saying. Um, you know, there's a lot. There's pro, there's there's some deep dives you can take into uh, some of these committee appointments or these committee nominations for appointments. The Vogue Tech School Committee is is you know that one's very obviously surrounded or uh, surrounded is is around the um, uh, argument of whether or not Vogue should change their admissions practices. And also, there has been some. Um there's some bad blood between the nominee and some members of the council. That's what that's, so that's, that's what I'm told. That's what I was told to by a counselor. Um, you know, something that happened four-ish years ago. Yes, um, I would say about that. Yeah. yeah, it was about four years ago, uh, and that could be it too. But I, my, you know, what I, I've also heard that it doesn't actually matter who they put up if they're for the changing the admissions policy to folk, then. Then they're going to sit. Then there's there's counselors that are working with the Vogue administration to sit on it. So that's what I'm told too. Is yeah, that, is that there's a been a heavy lobbying campaign, mm-hmm. um, but which is they're right, but by the vote, like not. It's really here's admin. the thing. It's not their right because because the because the Desi has um because Desi has come down with a new set of. Um, admissions standards, right? right? Mayor Mitchell wanted to go to the full lottery system, which they said if they don't have to adopt, if they don't adopt these new standards, they have to go to the um, lottery system. Right. But what I've heard is that they're just trying to go about doing the things that they've always done and right. maintaining these admissions policies. So it might have been their right before. It is no longer, that's no longer the case, well, I don't l- think. Well, let me say this. What, what I mean by that, Marcus, is that it's, as a citizen of New Bedford, 
you have a right to, to tell your council how you feel about any any particular issue that's coming in front of them as a yeah. city councilor. Sure. So in the broad sense of having a right, um, if what you're saying is they're violating the law, I agree with you, they don't have the right to violate the law, but they do have a right um, to lobby their councilors. Um, and it appears they're being successful at it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, right? You know, yeah. um, where this ends up is probably a courtroom. Not necessarily this appointment, but some of the submission stands. If they don't clean it oh, up. Oh, oh I, I 100% think the Votech Commission's thing is going to end up, uh, it, that's going to end up being a bigger story going into the new year. Uh, Someone fact, said to me that if we had an active local newspaper um, these days, that they would be on the front, Vogue would be on the front page uh, of the paper every week because yeah. of, of the issues that are going on over there. Yeah, and and apparently, you know, I, I've heard different things about them getting notices of noncompliance, them sitting on them, not not reading them. So it's stuff that we can, I think, we can work on trying to flesh out in the new year once everybody's past the distraction of the holidays. Correct. Right. Um, because because they're very because I mean the thing is 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 that the way vocational schools are now, um, they're essentially public private schools they are treated they, they operate like a private school they operate like a private school they accept they they only accept the the cream it's, it's like staying basically right. and i went to staying right but it's they, like staying it's the same thing they cream the top mm -hmm. um they're in many ways like a charter school yeah um except charter schools are lottery that, well, that's, <laughs> thank you Marcus. that's an excellent distinction yeah. that's an excellent distinction yeah um the um I remember my dad, who was at New Bedford Vote, New Bedford High School in the 70s, so there is some time here, but my dad used to say if a kid got in trouble at Vogue, he would see him in his office the following week admitting getting into New Bedford High School. Yeah. They, know they were getting rid of the troublemakers. Right. Right. And New Bedford High School had no chance, no opportunity to do the same thing. Um, it's a public school. But anyway, Marcus, that, that's one issue that's holding up. That's one issue. There's, you know, other appointments to... Uh, there's nine of them, and we probably have to look at each of them and figure out why they've been there as long as they've been there. So, look, there's the issue of Ricardo Rosa, uh, Ricardo, I'm sorry, Resendiz. Resendiz, yeah, replacing Steve Borgon in the licensing. Mm -hmm. Now, look, we know Steve has a lot of friends. We know that Steve's done a lot. He's been there a long time. I like Steve. I like Steve, and I would say that I know the mayor's strategy is, and I generally support it, which is to add more law enforcement people to the licensing board. That being said, I think you lose a lot of institutional knowledge when you get rid of a Steve Borga. I agree. You know, Steve's been... Now, the one thing... I'm, I was on a licensing board. There's a lot that's in the minutes. There's a lot that's not in the minutes. Right. Okay, of a meeting. There's a lot of things that are done. There's a lot of understanding about what happened at a liquor license licensed establishment at one o'clock in the morning does not able to be in the record right right that the licensing board and the members of the board go we've seen this before right. you told us whatever the hell right we got a promise i don't care what's on that piece of paper the writing the conditions of the license you're violating the spirit of the law that every time a, a veteran member is lost the city or the municipality lose is loses institutional knowledge right which slows down and makes the process less efficient right um and actually is not good now that being said no one's um infallible and uh, nobody deserves a lifetime appointment unless they're a judge um and the mayor has the right to make changes to the board um but the city council has the right to disagree 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, I I think that the other, the other problem is I think having the licensing board be entirely law enforcement officials creates a bit of a conflict. So at the risk of contradicting myself, and I, I've thought you and I have talked about this off the air. Yeah. I think it does create the potential for a conflict because, as I would say, in my experience on the licensing board in Freetown, just about everything that came in front of us had some component of police involvement. Mm-hmm. Not everything, not new licenses, um, but any violations always had a police report. Yeah. Right? There was always a law enforcement official from the Freetown Police Department saying, hey, or state police, this is what happened, right? Yeah. If I serve with that person or had served with that person on the police department, does that create a potential conflict or at least a, a, an opportunity for the for the licensee to say I didn't get a fair hearing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So without when you when you stack the board with, with um current and prior New Bedford police, are you therefore creating a potential yeah. to inhibit your actual ability to create yeah. why not just make the police why not, why, not, why not just make the chief the the, the board of health then at that point? So it's 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 right? it's it's it's, 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 it's a supposed true, to be an independent board. There you go, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Right? So so the reason the law is not that the chief gets to decide is because it's not independent. Right. And so I think you could be setting up a situation where you're actually not able to enforce certain laws because of the conflicts. Right. I know that's a long way to Tipperary, but it. I also think that Steve Borregard, who has a long time involvement in the community, was in private sector before this, has a sense and an experience that many of the people who are being nominated for the board over the years haven't. Right. So I do you think think you have to take into consideration. That being said, an up and down vote right. is, what, is what they're looking for. If the city council doesn't want to do that, they can just reject the guy instead of sitting on it. Why can't they just make the argument I made? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, the yeah, argument yeah. I just made, it's yeah. a reason to vote yes. Yeah, right. I mean, that would sell with any constituent in the city. I think so. Right? Yeah. I, I think I think it. By wouldn't. the way, the podcast is available. <laughs> Take notes <laughs> off of it later. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. Um, let's actually take a break now, sure. and then we'll be back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. New Bedford's News Talk Station. Oh, I'm Marcus Farrow, and I'm Chris McCarthy. So, uh, Chris, yes, um, we're talking about appointments that were in that uh, that the nine appointments that were in that meeting that Councilor Burgo walked out on uh, the meeting that was chaired by Councilor Carney. One of those appointments, we talked about why some of those appointments might not have gone through. Right. Um, kind of interesting, which ties into the Ward 3 race a little bit. Uh, one of those appointments is to uh, replace um, Dr. Andrade on the Board of Health. Yes. Because of her residency being right. not in the city anymore. And so... Um, Again, a legacy of Hugh Dunn. Yeah. Um, he, you he know, did. A, a number of the councils agreed they shouldn't be having powerful board members. Because Board of Health is extremely powerful. Yeah. Even if they're qualified, living outside of the city. So here's my nobody thing. else community. Here's my thing because I, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm part of a, I'm, pa- I'm a part of an elected board that oversees a, a large department in town. Right. And I thought that as someone who hires people, right, right, I thought that that entire law, as a, on the whole, was stupid. Um, because it was part of that whole residency requirement, the ten yes. percent reduction in pay. Right. right. I think that's really stupid. Right. But I do. Um, uh, and I've argued with with some counselors on air about it, but uh, I do think that th- put it, this particular provision makes a lot of sense and really should have been in there before. But he put an amendment in that basically, if you're a member of boards and commissions in the city, uh, you have to 
live there. You, right. You have to live. You have to live with the people that you're lording over. So, so Mark, yeah. it's the only place I've ever known, and this has been going on for decades. Yeah, yeah. Where you can live in Dartmouth. But rule the people of New Bedford. Yeah, you can live in Fairhaven and rule the people of New Bedford. A, a, it's insane. A serfdom, right? <laughs> I mean, really, the Board of Health is insane. It, it, it was, the, the power they have is really, really serious. They can unilaterally like shut down the feast if they want to, because yes. they almost did that to the Whaling City Festival, right? Just because they felt like it, right? So, um, so they. Uh, so for that reason, Dr. Andrade is no longer eligible to be on the board, right? Then that's that's sort of a digression from where I wanted to go, but uh, it was a replacement. Her replacement, right? So uh, Jake Ventura sent a press release out, uh, and we got it today. Yes, and he is, you know, his he's opposing. He's coming out on the record against safe injection sites. Now, by yes. the way, the entire field, so we're not focusing on one person, is because one person has gotten a lot of the focus in this coverage. Right? Uh, is Jake Ventura, of course? Yes. Um, uh, Bob, Bob Bromley, Bromley. Uh, Bob, Bob, uh, Bob Bromley, Bob Cabral, Sean Oliver, yes, um, Frank Robinson, yes, um, Miss Amaral, Carmen Amaral, Carmen Amaral. Who, who's going to be joining me tomorrow, yes. And that's that's it. Oh, Kathy Daner, Kathy Daner, former Kathy, War Three City, Council. former War Three City Council, Kathy Daner. That's the entire field. Yes, but I'm not really talking about Jake. I want to talk about the thing that he was talking about. Yeah, you know? sure. So, um, so the. What he said is he, you know, he has a detailed opposition to safe injection sites, and uh, you know he puts it out out there in his uh, out there in his press release, um, and he said that you know in the appoint there is this appointment in the appointments and briefings, and basically what they should do is um, hold up that board of health appointment until they get a clarification on how. This individual right. would uh, vote on safe injection sites. Now, this is part because there's a state law that's been filed, right? right? And you know, we probably suspect we'll pass the House, yes, um, and pass the Senate, and yes. end up on Governor Healy's desk, yes, and she'll sign it, yes. So uh, that's that says that's going to approve the use of safe injection sites in the Commonwealth. So let's explain what safe injection sites are, because right now, if you don't know, you're, you're going, well, what's the big deal? Yeah. A safe injection site is where you have a government-funded site where people can show up and inject drugs. Um, they can safely inject fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, uh, whatever it is they want to inject. Um, and if they begin to overdose, there'll be someone... On hand, yeah. you could stop them. The, the, the idea behind it is um, spreading, slowing the spread of the diseases that are communicable via dirty needles, right? right? Like HIV. Right. And the overdoses. And reducing, one. yeah, and reducing the uh, overdose deaths or mitigating overdoses from happening in the first place, right? right? Because there's going to be supervised injection. Because as opposed to ejecting alone, you're injecting with a with a medical staff there. Yeah, there's a medical staff there. Right. As opposed to shooting up in your car or in your apartment, whatever the hell you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then when no one's around to save you, yeah, um, you're doing it in a, in a clinically supervised site where they got the narca the Narcan and uh, clean needles and you know each each site's going to have be a little different. Depends on I don't. There's at no point in the, so far where we've seen they're going to provide the drugs. Um, it's just you show up with your own drugs. I don't think so. There are other places where they do do that, yeah. but you show up with your own drugs and you inject them. Well, well, this has been going on in Canada, Australia. Philadelphia. 
Philadelphia. So what happened yeah. was th- this was a big debate in Massachusetts when Lelling was the uter- U.S. attorney. Mm-hmm. Under Lelling, he said, "Look, if you try to do it, in- I'm in- going to enforce the federal." Andrew law. Lelling was a was a Trump appointed U.S. attorney. Right. He said, "If you, I will enforce federal law mm-hmm. against you for, if you do this." So therefore, they never got off the ground. There's yeah. now a U.S. attorney who does not feel that way. Rachel Rollins. Right. The, the-, the Department of Justice at the Washington level from President Biden's administration is not opposed to these sites. In fact, they're greenlighting them. Yeah. So it's a reality in many other places. The law well, that well, well, in fact, they one of their uh, one of their programs that they'd had in the Department of Health that I think they scrapped because they're cowards is um, is uh, paraphernalia for people that has that's you know safer to use and makes you less susceptible to overdosing. Right. So I applied for to get a rolled up hundred dollar bill. They wouldn't give it to me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but but I can get a crack bite. So. So they saw they saw what I was doing, Marcus. Anyway, the um, so can, can I get a mirror? Right, a like, small mirror. Right. <laughs> so probably one with Pablo Escobar's picture on it. So so, but now they want to create. The, now, why is the Board of Health important, Marcus? Let's, let's explain that. Oh. So the legislation that Massachusetts has seen introduced yeah. would require a local control component, which is that the local Board of Health could go up or down. Yeah. So if you have a local Board of Health in Fairhaven, could say, we don't want these in Fairhaven. That would be a Board of Health. Yeah. For Freetown, I was on the Board of Health. We would say no. Okay? Mm-hmm. No thanks, not, not part of our, our scheme. Move on. But the city of New Bedford could vote yes or no. And if they voted yes at the Board of Health level, or voted not to restrict them, they could open in New Bedford. Yeah. And let me tell you something, folks. Use your head. Where are they looking? They're not looking to open these in Wellesley or even Fairhaven. They're looking, not to say they're out intravenous drug users in both communities, or are, um, statistically, but they're looking for places like New Bedford and Fall River. Yeah. Do you well, want well, well, that's also because that's where the population of, of people who would be most helped by this policy would be the concentration of them. By the way, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. I saw a couple's calls. They dropped off, I guess. I don't know. People don't want to wait. That's fine with me. I'm um, calling to get their rolled up on it all. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so uh, so uh, we do have an app chat message from Robert in New Bedford. It says, working with homelessness, I, do, I don't agree with. Says so apparently he doesn't agree with the policy, but it's been proven to work. Um, so again, this has been implemented in other. It's been going on for probably about twenty, thirty years uh, ish, right? In Canada, um, in Canada, Australia, uh, parts of the. Uh, I I don't know if all of the EU, but parts of the EU uh, have adopted this, and they've, um, I believe, have found cor- correlative data that shows. That um, you know the areas where this happens, there's been a decrease in overdose deaths, um, and I think even the spread of you know diseases communicable by a dirty needle. So, uh, which would make sense. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you're look, I was in the hospital and started to die. They saved my life mm-hmm. because they were medical staff and they had equipment and training to do it. Yeah. So it makes sense that if you're having a medical emergency in a facility with medical people, they'll save you. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's logical, right? Yeah. It, it it's whether you, the ancillary part of it, right? Whether 
they're going to make a basically a law enforcement free zone. That's part of the law. The law enforcement can't swoop in and arrest everybody for shooting drugs. Right. You can't arrest people coming and going from the place, even though you know they're in possession of illegal drugs. Um, is that something the city of New Bedford wants? Jake Ventura is saying, listen, before the city council moves forward on this latest Board of Health appointment, and by the way, I don't think John Mitchell's in favor of this policy either. I don't think he's in favor of safe injection. To, to my knowledge, he hasn't spoken out for it. one way or the other. Uh, or, but or I know the man. It. Yeah, right. Just based on how favor. he's go- just right. based on how he's governed. He wasn't really in favor of legalized marijuana, but the voters voted for it, and so he implemented it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think John Mitchell would be in favor of this. But I think he would go ahead with the law. Yeah. Um, I, that, that's that. I, I'm, I'm not speaking for him. I'm just making an analysis of it. But right now, the board of health. Should this law pass, and we, we predict it will, will be the now, real will be the only stopgap. What's important to remember is in how a law is passed, um, it has to go through different committees, mm-hmm. right? So, and in those committees, things can be added, things can be taken away, things yes. can go up, things can go down. There's comp, you know, there's it goes to the Senate, goes to the House, goes back and forth, and then the governor signs it, right? So, the final product of the bill is still unknown because yes. the bill's merely been filed. Correct. So, and there's a new session, so it's going to be filed again. Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so I think that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, whether or not the final product comes out, if the board, of ha- I can't, it's hard to envision a scenario where the board of health has complete carte blanche over this. Like they'd have to probably give a reason. They can't just say, nah, I don't well, like yeah. it. Oh no, they would It's have icky. To, yeah. They would have to give a reason much like the parallel products conversation. Right? Yeah. The board of health. So this is another thing for this, this nominee, the board of health has a real say over parallel products. Yeah. Um, you want to ask this nominee how you felt about parallel products in the abstract. Yeah. Generally speaking, with a facility like this, because these things, these questions come up. The city council a couple, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, went on the record as being opposed to safe injection sites. Right. 10 to 1. Ten, I'm sorry, 10 to 0. 10 to 0. 10 to 0. They said, we're opposed to, to safe injection sites. But... It's a resolution. Their opportunity to weigh in on it. Yeah, they might as well. They might. Right. Exactly. They. You know. This is their opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Marcus, we saw with the waiver of residency for the pawn shop owner. And and I think those things are, are those situations are kind of similar where the ZBA has um, has the final say over who over whether or not that uh, methadone clinic downtown was going to be approved or not, but ultimately. If their basis for denial isn't really convincing, correct, there could be a subsequent successful litigation effort to yes. get that to get that building there, or at least a compromise there. So, the board of health would have power in this situation. Maybe you know, even if they denied it um, and gave some gave some flimsy, neutrally based reasoning, right. like. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, gave some flimsy, neutrally based reasoning. They Like it's a felony and so we, we don't want to condone it. Yeah, I don't. Well, the thing is, is, is that there's going to have to be, they're going to have a legal standard. They're going to have a basis for denial mm-hmm. in that law, right? And so if they say if it's a felony, we don't want to condone it. I don't know if that's going to be good enough. There's going to be litigation. Oh, certainly. But in that, a lot of money here. But in that litigation, there could be. A compromise, like in this situation with the methadone clinic, 
there could be a compromise here. I've heard that there might be a compromise coming. Right. Right. So there could be a compromise in this situation that the Board of Health can uh, facilitate by having the power to approve or deny. Or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe that they, they want they want it where they want it or whatever. So, uh, you know, they, they do have a lot of power in this situation. I, I listen. You know, I'm not I'm not opposed to safe injection sites. I kind of disagree with council uh, or not council councils um, right. uh, uh, proposal on this. So, uh, but well, I, th- I think Marcus that that whether you're on in favor of it or opposed to it, if you're a city councilor, they've all they've all came out a, a year ago. Or so there may be some new people on there now yeah. who didn't vote one way or the other on this, but. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a question worth asking. It's still a major. It's still going to be a majority though, because right. there wasn't the the board didn't the council didn't change over that much. Right. So it's a, so it's a question worth asking. Yeah. You know, you're a nominee of the board of health. We, we, as in general, are you opposed to this? Right. You're not. You know, there's no specific mm-hmm. proposal on the table yet. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to ask someone about the specifics of it. But generally speaking, you, your theory of the position would you be in favor of a safe injection or opposed to it? Yeah. There are plenty of people in this community I think who are in favor of it, Marcus. Yeah, there yeah, may yeah. even be counselors. Yeah, who would want to know: Are they giving a vote to confirm someone who down the road is going to disappoint them on a vote one way or the other on this right. particular issue? Yeah, right. Because as you say, you're in favor of it or not opposed to it. I think is a better way to put it. Um, more accurate, I think, is you're not necessarily opposed to it. I'm not necessarily opposed. But you might to be it. opposed to my, it when my, you see the details. My impressions, well, my impressions of uh, of uh, or what I've learned about safe injection sites. Um, are just what we talked about, that it's a way for people to mitigate the risk of getting a communicable disease and, uh, you know, um, also mitigate the risk of dying of an overdose, right? So those are the, those are the two things that I think that, um, that I, uh, I think I'm, I would be in support of. I mean, the arguments against it, I don't really have any ones that are good. You could say, oh, well, we don't want to condone it. It's a felony, I guess. It's, I, in a lot of cases, it's not necessarily a felony. Um, that's true, right? Pos- you know, what's possession of, a, of heroin. What's that? That's a class B. I'm pretty sure. Uh, heroin. I've been out of practice for a while. Heroin might be A. Um, cocaine's class B. Right. Um, marijuana's class like E. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't a well. Actually, Fentanyl's, you can't smoke marijuana there, though. Fentanyl. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. You're not yeah. Allowed, you wouldn't be able to smoke a cigarette in that building either. You wouldn't. No. You could shoot heroin. Yes. But you couldn't smoke a cigarette. Yes. Because you know health. <laughs> so um well there may be medical equipment that's um susceptible to combustion in there you don't want one of those you don't want, you might get lung cancer in 30 years oh no boot the dope that's okay i'm gonna take a break 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. You wash your hands. In these hospitals for children, there are a million reasons to share love. My buddy Caleb is one of them. This is his story. Hi, I'm Caleb. I was born with spinal bone disease. I have broken my bones almost 200 times, and I have had 11 surgeries. But I didn't let that stop me. There are a million reasons to share love, but you only need one. To learn how you can share love, visit loveshriners.org. Imagine if information came with a nutrition label. Then you'd know if what you're consuming has the right mix of verified facts, credible sources, and relevant context. But news and information doesn't come with a label. It's on us to develop a healthy news diet ourselves. 
Let's all resolve to strengthen our news literacy so we can make healthier choices about what news and information to consume, share, and act on. Test your news literacy fitness with our quiz at newslit.org. Exercise your right to be well-informed and get news lit fit. One's on the left, left. the other on the right. right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast Tonight, here on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. So, anyway, so we were talking about uh, uh, that that press release from the Ventura campaign about uh, their opposition to safe injection uh, their opposition to safe uh, injection sites, and saying that um, there should be some clarification on that before uh, the new board of health appointee right. has been appointed. Again, I, I'm I'm not cleared by the city council. Yeah. So where Here's I think, the thing. It's, yeah, I think it's difficult to. It's it's kind of hard to. I think it's also kind. It's a little difficult. I I appreciate getting ahead of an issue. Right. Um, it's kind of difficult to say. Well, this law that may or may not be passed within the net and may or not may not be implemented within the next within your term, right? Right. Do you support it or not? I I mean, I guess you could. Oh, but. Sure, you could because it's an, it's an easy thing to say to them. Generally speaking. Is this something you're in favor of or yeah. not? Because look, as you and I sit here, we don't know the specific details, obviously, mm -hmm. but you're in favor of it generally. I'm opposed yeah. to it generally. That's an easy position to take. Yeah. You know, you know what the general idea is. Yeah, right. Right? Exactly. It's, just, it's a safe... No, whether they're going to say, no, you can only bring in so much heroin or so much fentanyl or so much cocaine yeah. to inject at a certain time. Well, I don't think you those can drop all, bricks on the table and say, hey, you know... Right. Those, yeah, are, yeah, those yeah. are Right. Those are very specific details. Yeah. But as for... We know what it's about. It's about personal use of drugs. Yeah. In a medical facility. Mm-hmm. You know, which is cleared and approved by the government. Uh, locally, um, is that something you would be in favor of? You know, without guaranteeing that some of the... In other words, if someone says, you know, I'd be in favor of that, but then when they saw the proposal, they're opposed to it um, because of specific... Oh, location, things like I get that. Yeah. But some of that is zoning board of appeals. But I do think having the fact that the city council, not that long ago, went on the record is totally opposed to this, this, this yeah, project, right. right? Yeah. Should it come forward? Yeah. Now to just clear a, a nominee to the Board of Health without even asking the question. Yeah. It's a little bit like we don't, well, well it, it makes them look like they're not paying attention. Yeah. So I think it's a good good move on Ventura's part and sort of shows what he's willing to offer as an attorney to the board. Right. Saying, look, here's what's coming down the road. This is what I would do if I was on the city council. I'd ask this person a question. You know, so he's opposed to it too. Um, he wants to know. So I do think that, Marcus, that actually shows something that Ventura is offering to the table, right? Yeah. That clarity, that leadership, that, hey, I'm opposed to this. You guys are opposed to this. But here's how we implement previous city council policy of yeah. being opposed to this. We got to do it with the nominees to the Board of Health. Right. Because they're ultimately going to decide whether or not this happens. Correct. Or whether or not it happens, even if it's going to happen, whether or not if it happens in the most amicable way possible. There you go. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, uh, five. We'll see what the city council does. Yeah, right. We'll 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 see how that goes. I mean, that nomination is going to sit there for at least another couple months anyway. So, right, because when when is Naomi scheduled to have this bring up? We'll again? find out when she comes in next week. And also, she may not be. She may not be the chair. The chairperson coming into the new year. She may not be. 
That's interesting. That's very interesting, right, Marcus? New card on the table. Yeah. I'd be trying to trade my vote for that for one for that committee or one of the other one of the other like Explain to people why. There's committees that are advisory and there's committees and this is this is in a lot of this is in the state house, this is anywhere. There's committees that are like really advisory and sort of ceremonial. Right. And there are committees that do stuff. Yes. There's committees that make policy. There's committees that make laws and do a thing. And so like one of those committees is the finance committee or yes. the ordinance committee right. or even appointments and briefings. Absolutely. Those are very powerful committees. As we've seen with this feud going on within appointments and briefings right now. <laughs> it's an incredibly powerful And the charges committee. back and forth between the mayor and mm-hmm. that, that Naomi Carney is sitting on nominees and yeah. she's saying, no, I'm not doing that. And the city council president unilaterally has the th- uh, picks the chair people. Right. Or doesn't pick the chair people. Right. So, right. So, so, <laughs> or backbenches people. So the reason that Naomi Carney has an outsized position here is because she sets the agenda. Yeah. Literally, what the order of the agenda is going to be for the meeting. Yeah. So if a nominee doesn't get put on the agenda, it can never get a vote, which can never get to the floor. Right. So it can never move. Yeah. Now, that's the case in a lot of situations with different committees. But as we're pointing out, that's why you want to know who the chairman's going to be. Yes. Now, sometimes, you, as I say, the chairman's power is neutral. If you yeah. agree with keeping Steve Borgott, you think she's doing the right thing. Yeah. If you agree that they don't want to take a vote on it, you know, that type of thing. I think I, if I was on the city council, I'd say move it forward. I vote. I want to keep Steve. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. not actually the question, is it? The question is whether or not you want this guy. The other and guy. then you can just say no because I want to keep Steve. Right, because Steve will stay until a new person's replacing. Yeah, right. And I wonder how long it'll go on because if Mitchell runs for re-election, he's there for another four years. So they just gonna <laughs> right. He's just gonna <laughs> he's gonna be in the he's gonna just be in this purgatory on the board. <laughs> 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 Mr. Chairman, he's expired yet he's not expired. Right, you he's know, still there. <laughs> he's in a set. A, a, he's in a stasis. You know, just just on the board. All right, I gotta, we, let's take a break. WBSO. No, 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 I don't think it would have. No, no, I don't think it would have at all. No, it would have hurt him actually. It would. I think it would have. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why aren't you? Right. Why, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Why aren't you waterboarding them? My kid doesn't have an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You've gone soft. Right, right. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We're talking about a, a column that you can find. A, oh, sorry. Okay. It's an. It's called an article. It's not a column. It's an article. Oh, it's a cardinal. It's a column. Columns, I've been told. With an opinion? Are opinions. Right. Articles are reporting. Is this a column? Well, I'm column, reporting something that you happened. You can be reporting facts. Generally speaking, a column contains facts. Yeah, I've never. I, I think it's a blend, right? I listen, and I think you're safe to say it's a column because a news article should never have opinion, whereas a column can can have facts. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think column is a nice, more honest interpretation. So it, because it keeps it ambiguous for me. Yeah. So I can just kind of have it both ways. Well, you do. I mean, you know. Well, you 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 put yeah, in yeah. news as facts. You tell people things they yeah. don't know. But then you you do it. You you give yourself. We all know you're an opinion journalist. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're doing here. Yeah. So so I think it's a blend, which I think safest to say is a column. Okay. So I'll say column. Yeah. I don't think Tim's gonna like it, but. Well, I think I I think you'd find it hard to reason with my to to disagree with my reasoning. Okay. If you say it's a news story, then you're then you're. 
tied down to not put your opinion in there. So I have a column. Yes. <laughs> you can check out on WPSM.com <laughs> about my conversation with Sheriff-elect Hero yesterday about some of the amenities available at the um, Ash Street Jail and at the House of Correction that he previously didn't think were available and that we didn't actually because... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, a lot of tied around the messaging, I think, right. of the campaign. Um, but uh, I, I do think that that both former sheriff or about to be former sheriff Tom Hodgson and Sheriff uh, Haru have both really uh, both are coming off very strong they're, in this transition. They're both they've both been extraordinarily professional, and uh, you know if, if you you know the first time the the first time they were ever in the room together was. This debate, right? The second time was when they had breakfast to talk about transitioning. So I mean, and the t- t- two starkly different tones there. Yes. So I think they've been extraordinarily professional. 